All right. As always, the saying to start this pot, the Sinister Six, enough bullshit. Let's get real, son. It is the Sinister Six podcast. Well, not the Sinister Six podcast. The Educated Ignorance podcast. The Sinister Six episode. And is that a wild Tanner Rowe on the loose? Is the band back together at 8.30 at night on a, on a Wednesday? I don't. We paid him a lot of money to get on here. But baby, we are here. My friend, I missed you so much. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's always great to get back in the booth with you. Isn't it weird that, like, what if you told like high school us that we would do a gambling podcast episode together? We would like. How would we react to that? I don't know. I didn't even know how to gamble until like two years ago. So I would be like, "What? What even is a spread?" Pretty much, if you ask me. Back why? Then. Why are they getting twenty-one and a half points, Dad? Right. <laughs> Yeah, Why are you mad? They're winning by so much. But now I'm, uh, you know how it is. All we're locked in. And toes down. We're, we're locked in. All right. So uh, obviously all of you know what the Sinister Six is. Obviously a lot of you that are watching this know what this group is. This is the old school band. Mac, unfortunately, not here again this week. It's been a rough couple weeks for Mac. He's been busy. He's been busy knocking doors. He's been busy. He's been busy. He, now he's sick. He, he's got like bronchitis knockoff. He's got like bottom shelf bronchitis or something. I don't know what's going on. But Tanner is here. The greatest bullpen arm in the history of bullpen arms. And Tanner, you're coming in. There's some pressure on you because not only are you here live, the first live Educated Ignorance pod on Facebook, you know, legitimate live. We've done live before, but like this is no cutting time. We're hot. Three straight four and two weeks. And uh, you're, we've all got, we've each got six picks. I've kind of got five right now, and you're going to help me with my sixth one, but we'll get there. Uh, and Mac has his six. We'll read his card off as well. Real quick, uh, before we gauge Tanner's vibes coming into this, um, those that are you watching, we are currently live on my Facebook profile, the For Frequency Sake YouTube, as well as Twitter. Leave comments. Uh, questions, anything, leave your own favorite picks for the weekend ahead, college football and NFL. Uh, we'll read them on the show, all that good stuff. Can't hope we get some good live interaction out there or just say hi. Why not? We appreciate it. So Tanner, do you feel any extra pressure? Because after a bit of a rough start, which granted, I'm sure you, I know you listen to some gambling pods and stuff like that. Every, I feel like everyone, especially NFL has been just average. So it didn't hurt. It didn't make me feel bad that we were average, but three straight four and two weeks, I feel like we're hitting a stride. Do you feel nervous? Do you feel like you have to keep up with the production? A little bit. I mean, I've been I've been pretty hot on college this year, NFL. I'd say I'm right around 500. So there's a little bit of pressure. Like I told you the other day, I'll come on here and I'll probably never hit another bet again in my life. So we'll see what happens. What if you just get immaculately hot though? What okay, if you just I'll catch? Yeah, but here's the thing. So here is where this is the the extents of Tanner's like gambling, and like football stuff. Sometimes we chop up things, but NBA season, like when we get into the spring, there's some college stuff. Me and him will go back and forth with. But this dude is the goat on like playoff NBA parlays. Let me tell you, I don't know how you ended last year, but I know in 2021, like you were the king. Yeah, I definitely got off to a hot start to begin my gambling career. I feel like that's how it always works, so they, they reel you in like that. So, I don't know. There's there's just, uh, I feel like, a certain time of year for me. Baseball season starts, it's kind of like the off season. So, it's like um, last week I was watching some football shows, and they were talking about what the – they were talking about how it's big gun season down south for hunting. So when yeah. it gets to big gun season, that's when you get hot. When it's not, you're just like, we're chilling. The we're weather's not right for it. Yeah, pretty much. But it's all right. We're going to have some fun regardless. All right, let's get into it. We will start with college. Um, I think Mac and I are both a three on three and three. Tanner, those got four college because, hey, why not? The more the merrier. Um, let's look at the biggest games of the week. Um, you've got UCLA USC. I would say that's the biggest. I know I've got one on that. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, 
So any of the bigger games of the weekend, ranked-wise, that you've got anything that you want to touch on for some picks, we'll go to you to open up the board. Uh, I think the biggest one on my board is, and I might have maybe shied away from the bigger matchups, but the biggest one I got is TCU and Baylor. Um, I took TCU minus two and a half. I just think that Baylor's been so hit or miss this year. Uh, TCU, you know, every week, everybody, it seems like, is expecting them to fall off, and yep. they just continue to keep on rolling. Uh, I don't see why they can't do it here. It was one of their four wins last year was uh, against this, a top-five Baylor team. Big rivalry game. So I, I think the, the Frogs keep on rolling in this one, minus two and a half. So – uh, Mac is on that as well. He's on the over 57 and a half. I think the over, the over is an interesting play because if there is a defense in the Big 12 that is going to stifle certain things and TCU's offense hasn't been great lately, it, it would maybe be this game. Um, here's the thing At, even though the game was ugly, I'm sure you've heard me talk about how I think TCU is kind of fraudulent, but I'm more impressed with how they beat Texas than any other win they've had all year. The fact that they were able to pretty much say, we want, we are going to force you to do one thing. We're going to take away your best thing and a deep for a defense that hasn't been good to be able to do that, to limit Bijan to what they did and really make viewers just not look comfortable. That was the most impressive win for me that I think TCU has had all year. It is right. It feels like they've been living on the danger zone. Only two and a half. Here's the thing though. I mean, like Baylor last week, was favorites against Kansas State, and Kansas State yeah. rolled them. Yeah, they look terrible. In the TCU defense, like you said, they're they're starting to step up a little bit here um, when they've needed it the most. So I, I, I just think that they're big, they're physical, and uh, I, I think they're going to continue to roll and maybe go all the way to the playoff with it. They could. Do you Real quick, do you believe that they have to go undefeated to get in? It feels like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Because the way it's going to play out, you can't lose the Big 12 title game and get in. Um, I think people that believe Tennessee, which we're going to get to them in a moment, spoiler alert, I think people that believe Tennessee can win out and then get in over a one-loss ACC champ or a one-loss Pac-12 champ, which would only be USC if that happens, like, I think they're kind of crazy because I think once the conference championship gets added to some of these teams, that'll boost them over a team that doesn't even play for one. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. TCU will have to to go. All right, let's move on. I'm going to go. So since, you know, the old saying life is too short to bet the under, we're going to this is the only under I have. I don't know if you have any unders. There's a couple un overs. Mac has. We just mentioned one. So you're on TCU minus two and a half. Mac is joining the party in that game as well with uh, the over 57 and a half on that one. I'm going to go under Georgia, Kentucky, 49 and a half on Saturday. Here's my reasoning. I you look at last year when Kentucky was actually kind of bolstered up. They scored early, but outside of that, it, it the only other score they had, or no, they were driving in garbage time and Georgia held them out of the end zone. I don't think Georgia's offense is going to do enough. Like Tennessee put up 44 on them, but I don't think Georgia has the offense to do that against Kentucky, whose defense is solid. I Will there be an inspiring effort from Kentucky? It makes me scared to take their team total under, which was only 13 and a half, as well as their, as like the spread, which is 16 and a half, or no, it's 22 and a half. There, you would hope that they have some sort of rallied effort when they've looked terrible and they just lost to Vanderbilt shout out to the doors. Um, but yeah, under 49 and a half. I feel like that, you know, I think that you, you got to feel like that can get home 34 to 10 gets you there. Uh, what 35, 35, 14 gets you there. Outside, if you go anything over that, then you're, you're a little screwed, but I don't think George is going to score enough to where you feel like Kentucky will do enough to get it over the 50. So that's why, we feel good about that under 49 and a half. We cashed an under last week in uh, Ole Miss Bama. It got a little sweaty, but we cashed it. So let's keep yeah. the unders rolling. SEC unders, man. Those are, uh, that's put you in for a long night there when you're sweating. There's well, yeah. It, short to bet the under, man. Yeah. We did, we cashed the, uh, we cashed a ludicrous over 
two weeks ago with LSU Bama that was nine to seven with four minutes left in the third and the over hit. Shout out to overtime. Uh, imagine having an under ticket on that. I, I, I bet that hit bad beats. Heartbreaking. <laughs> Could you imagine? So, yeah, we. Uh, I feel good about this one. I feel much better. I wanted to take Kentucky's team total, but I've gone for team totals the last two weeks for lower numbers, and I got killed. Like, there were no chance. So I'm going to stay away from that this week. We're going to go under. Uh, let's go to another one for Mac. Another over. Let's get back on the over train. North Carolina, Georgia Tech. He's got over 62 and a half. And I feel like that's a good play because Georgia Tech is very frisky, but any game with North Carolina, if you can get an under in the North Carolina game where their defense will give up some points and that offense is probably going to hit at least 35, feel good about it. 62 and a half. It's a little high, but I think that's still probably a good number. So some over under stuff cash in. We will look back to Mr. Rowe. What's next on your board, partner? So, you know, I'm still new in the game here. I, I pretty much took all lines. Um, so my next I got here. For what for what it's worth, no more over-unders out here. I wanted to get all those out of the way early. Um, I didn't know if you had any props or anything. I know sometimes that's more your thing. Mac last week had a couple props. He had a J.J. McCarthy prop that cashed, so good on him. I stay away from player stuff. The only times I ever go is I try to sometimes, if I feel good about an over-under, that's like the only time I'll ever throw it on there, but that's it's a rarity. You know what I'm saying? It's a rarity. I'm just getting my feet wet this week, so. Next week, I might come with some uh, some curve balls, some gyro balls. Shout out to Dice K. <laughs> My next one I got here is uh, Kansas plus nine and a half versus Texas. Um, I just think that Texas, they played in a lot of close games this year, six one-score games. Um, it seems like they always play to the level of their opponent, uh, not really blowing a lot of teams out of the water. So, I think Kansas plus the nine and a half is just a little bit too much at home. If you remember last year, uh, that was kind of a, a signature win for that Kansas program. They went to Texas in a out overtime, won that game. I believe it was like 57, 56, something like that. Uh, overtime out. So I think it comes out back, back this week. And uh, I think they'll cover the nine and a half at home. Yeah, I so yeah, I think I do think Daniels is coming back. That could be an issue. Uh, the nine and a half, it does feel like it's a lot. Texas hasn't played great on the road. The only thing that you would worry about is like the bounce back uh, resurgence game from them. But I mean, the other the last college thing that Mac has on his card is Kansas plus nine and a half. So you guys both love it. So lock that up. A little agreement there. Kansas catching nine and a half. It's a really good number. Hopefully, in your if for you guys, it can move up by Saturday to ten. That'd be great. We get some line generate movement generation. Um, but yeah, nine and a half. I think that's probably the right side. It's just the way Texas has played too weird to lay that many points on the road. Um, but I think Texas should win. But that that bet that's a huge backdoor to come through. For a Kansas team that's going to be lively, like they'll they'll know how it. I, I wouldn't say the game will be more important for Kansas because I think Texas understands. You know they can still play in a pretty good bowl game and the the overall improvement of where they're at. But that game will still be pretty damn important for Kansas. Oh, for sure. I mean, they started out the year so hot, and now they're still sitting on six wins right now, as it is. So I mean, I, I think they'd want to finish strong here, maybe pick up their seventh or eighth win. Who knows the last time the program was able to do that. And uh, I think they're going to come out fighting against Texas and, and try to pull off another upset at home. Shout out to those that are watching and listening uh, or in light and have uh, liked the video. If you got any questions, comments, uh, some spreads of your own um, that you like, throw those in the comment section. We'll show them and read them here on the air. Okay, I'll go to the board now. So far, we've talked about over-unders and, and getting points. Tanner, we're about to lay a shit ton. Right. A metric unit of points. We're going to South Carolina where the Tennessee Vols who need to wine and dine their way to impress. They have, Right now, they got to pull out all the stops. It is prom night. 
with someone way out of their league and they've got like their dad's car, which is like a Lambo. They're wearing ridiculously expensive J's. They're wearing this ridiculous tux because they know they got to do everything they can to impress the pretty girl. Last week, Tennessee was calling timeouts up like 59 to 20 to 24 yeah, to they- score an extra touchdown to, to get to 66. That is where we feel this number is on our side. We are going to lay the 21 and a half because Tennessee is trying to impress the hot chick to, for, to go to with him to the high school prom. Tennessee minus 21 and a half. They got a style and profile if they want to get in the playoff, Tanner. Yeah, I, like- this, It's bold, but I have a good – after knowing what they did last week in a game that was tight, it was 35 to 24 in the third quarter, and then they went supernova. They scored 31 points in the final quarter and a half, and again, they were calling timeouts to try to keep scoring at the end of the game. Tennessee laying the number. It's a huge-ass number against a team that has a pulse, you know, like we laid a huge number with Ohio State against Iowa this year. Uh, we laid the twenty-eight, and we felt good about it. I, f- I feel good about this, even though South Carolina is a team with a pulse that has some solid wins, and it's on the road. But just knowing how Tennessee is going to try to operate, if they've already got like a two-three score lead, they're going to keep trying to push to just blow teams out ridic- with a ridiculous spread. That's why I feel good about this number. Yeah, for sure. That's one that uh, South Carolina, you could see them hanging around there for a little bit. But with this Tennessee offense, it it just could be a matter of minutes before they blow the thing wide open. And it's hard for teams to really to keep up with that for four straight quarters. They're good. I like as as much as we've been saying, at least I have, that they probably don't deserve to get into the playoff. Like you have to give tip of the cap that they've had a really good year and a really impressive stretch. Obviously, the stock has dropped on them since the Georgia game, uh, but you still have to give it up. If they were a 12-team, if this was the 12-team expanded playoff, they'd be one of the favorites. Like, it'd be Georgia. They'd be one of the three or four favorites because they will, if you can dot, like, if they played, they can beat probably anyone in the country outside of Georgia because I think Georgia's style, they're so fast that they that Tennessee just doesn't have the, the oomph to get them. and. With outside of that, though, I think they can beat a lot of teams. It's just no doubt. when when you can only take four, you have to take the right four. And I don't think they'd be deserving unless like everyone in front of them lost between now and Selection Sunday. If that makes you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're they're definitely a fun team to watch. And if they were able to sneak in there, there's there's no reason why they couldn't put up some insane numbers and sneak out of there with the national title. But I just don't know. It'd be a pretty big uphill battle at this point. And like you said, the matchup against Georgia would be they'd have to play a perfect game. So, yeah. And they did like they didn't play a perfect game against Bama, but they didn't have to because right. Bama's defense is just such like their offense is such a mismatch for Bama's defense. who's just ridiculously slow in the back seven. Like Ole Miss would have blew Ole Miss had a chance to run away with that game, but they have no passing attack. Yeah. On Saturday. Uh, all right. Next on the board, you got two more college games, so I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take this next one. Okay. Um, so this next one, I don't know. Maybe I should have stayed away from it for for biasy reasons, but uh, I'm going to take Michigan with the minus seventeen and a half against Illinois this Saturday. You're going to um, lay them. Yeah, I'm taking the seventeen and a half with Michigan. Okay. Let me. Real quick, let me ask you: Do you you don't think is this a because uh, Chase Brown is probably not playing? Is this a Illinois continuing to regress kind of to the means, or is this just like you like? Do you you don't feel like this could be a resurgence, bounce back, keep it close type of game, or is like it a Michigan's too good thing? What what are the vibes on this? Because I thought you might have taken Illinois in the points. Um, I don't hate laying them. Uh, it's a weird spot considering where we are at after we were, where we were a couple weeks ago. Oh, no doubt. It's just the thing is, is Taz Nicholson out for the year, uh, wrist injury. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, they said that he was playing through it. He didn't tell anybody that he dislocated it. Ended up uh, the doctor found out on the sideline and a guy came down from the stands and performed surgery on his wrist during the game. 
So Taz Nicholson out for the year. The biggest worry about this team was uh, their depth, especially in the secondary. They're starting to get a little bit banged up back there. J.J. McCarthy, another corner. He's going to be uh, questionable with a concussion. Pat Bryant, their deep option. Uh, he's probably going to be out again as well. So I just think that Illinois is coming in pretty banged up. And, and like I said, their their biggest weakness this year was definitely depth. So I just don't know if they can go into the big house with the way they've played the last two weeks and, and cover the 17 and a half. You were there Saturday? Yes. Against Purdue? was. Very depressing. We're both pretty sad about it. Obviously, the game was kind of shifted on some calls. With the weight, do you feel like the normal, the regular, the casual? I I don't. I, you know me. I'm not one to call out casuals. You know me. Um, do you feel like they aren't going to understand how successful this year is? Because they'll beat Northwestern, barring some like gravitational. Like, uh, like if the entire start O line gets kidnapped, and like Bielema gets, you know, like they tell him the game's at the wrong location. Uh, hi DJ. DJ said it's Tanner. Hi DJ. Um, he misses you. Uh, do you feel like like how do you tell how do you explain to the casual just because they lost three in a row here they'll beat Northwestern. They still have a weird way where they can get to Indy to get wrecked by either Michigan again or Ohio State. Um, and then they'll play in a pretty damn good bowl game. Like they're going to. Uh, how do you convince the casual, like, it's okay? I mean, I just think you got to look at it as if you came into the year telling me that they could potentially uh, go 8-4, and four, go to a bowl game. I mean, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch you have no idea what's going to happen in the bowl game obviously but if you can beat northwestern win that eighth game you go eight and four and then a coin flip in a bowl game you would take that uh, every day of the week in, in my opinion as an illinois fan considering uh what we've came from and, and where we are now like i said this team isn't very deep so they have gotten banged up a little bit here over the past few weeks, and you, you kind of had to expect it in a physical Big Ten West. I mean, that is one thing. I know that people like to knock on it, but they are physical, and and Illinois has, has taken their wounds. So um, I think that you bounce back, you get a little deeper. This this incoming class is better than the last, and you got to think they're going to keep building off of that. Um, so – I just think that uh, eight and four, of course, getting through the four losses is never easy. You don't want to lose those games, but you'll take it all day as an Illinois fan. And and a lot of people said when they hired Bielema, you know, if we win six to eight games over the next 10 years, it'll be the greatest era of Illinois football. So we're we're right in that wheelhouse this year already. Yeah, you got to understand where you were, right? Five and seven last year and like you're – you're two or three scores away from being seven and five a year ago. This year, now they're what seven and or seven and three, eight and three or yeah. seven and three, seven and three. And the they've had one like honestly, they've had one horrific moment all game all year, and it was that stupid last drive against Indiana. If right. they win that, if that if they win that. They were undefeated before these last two weeks, and yeah, maybe it makes the last two weeks a little harder to swallow. But they would have like that's the game. I don't look at the Michigan State game or the Purdue game as what cost them the West. I hate to say it because you and I we've been talking about it all year since it happened. Because you and I were like like the way they were playing, like they could they could be better than people thought. I don't mm-hmm. think we really believed it probably until what when they wrecked Wisconsin in the second half. That's when we really felt like oh shit, like there's something here. Uh, but that 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 last drive on defense against Indiana. That's what cost them the West, I think, not the last two games because they were due. Like the Michigan State game, I wasn't tripping about. I thought it would be the Purdue game. I thought they'd beat Michigan State. Um, I, I was worried more about the Purdue game than Michigan State, but you just felt like like the Nebraska game, Nebraska was moving the ball. I felt like that was the one they were going to lose on the road against Nebraska, and then Casey Thompson got hurt, and then they could Nebraska couldn't move the ball again. Then after that, I was like, all right, they're going to lose one of these games for Michigan. I just didn't know which one. They happen to lose them both. So that's what. So when I look at it, when you just look at like where the West was lost, would you agree? It's the Indiana. It's that one drive where they just let Indiana come down the field and have a shot. 
not the last two games because I think the last two games they were inevitably going to have a a bad one. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And I mean, Purdue and Michigan State, they both came in there and they were just more physical and uh, that's going to happen sometimes. So I think that uh, the the Indiana thing, too, I don't want to be that guy, but the touchdown as well was taken off the board. So you're looking at an eight win season if if things go your way at Indiana. And I think people are feeling a lot better. But unfortunately, this weekend, with what I've seen the last two weeks, not really getting a lot of pressure up front. Uh, and that's something you would really like to see against a quarterback like McCarthy, who you would like to make beat you. But uh, I think with the whole uh, Chase Brown and, and Blake Corum debate that's been going on all year, I just feel like Michigan wants to come out and really punch Illinois in the mouth on the ground. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have the dogs to hold that hold Michigan. No. And you know Michigan's going to want to continue to, to collect style points, you know? Right, and that's kind of the thing, too, with, when you're Illinois and you're, you're doing more with less almost and you're going to go play a bunch of four- and five-star guys. I mean, it's just tough to hang in those types of situations. But I think if you give the program a few more years, they'll be able to, to go to a game like this and feel a lot more confident and probably not see such a big number like 17-and-a-half. Exactly. We are laying them, though. I put plus, if only. We're going to put the minus there on the little card. All right, so – We've each got one more college game. Then we'll have three, six, seven, eight NFL games. Let me get my last college game out of the way. And I gay, listen, it's the battle for LA, baby. I've been feeling this one. And as much as I love SC and what they've been doing, I'm interested to know what would have happened if UCLA would have beat Arizona on Saturday. Because I felt like the line would shift from it. UCLA's catching two and a half. And I was prepared to come into this week thinking, yeah, I'm going to take UCLA, like no matter what. We're getting points. They're at home, not that it matters. Um, Rose Bowl will be sold out. That place is going to be jumping. I don't think there's been a bigger UCLA-USC game in my life, like in our life. Like oh, That's going to just be so cool to watch. Uh, that game means something. You know yeah. what I mean? And I know UC- USC is going to be around for a while. I hopefully UCLA can be around even when they lose. Like this senior class is great what they've got with Chip. Hopefully they can continue to recruit well, especially when both those teams are in the Big Ten. Like that game's going to mean even more on a higher level with with how good those two teams are going to be for the next decade. Um, I'm going to take UCLA in the points. I think their style speak like I know USC just blew the doors off Colorado, but they might be the worst Power Five team in the country. Uh, the style UCLA is going to run. They're going to be pissed after losing that Arizona game. Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer that running back, he could have a big day. The one thing that would worry me is Caleb Williams, who, yes, is awesome, could run around. Like Delora for Arizona had a bunch of cheap, dumb runs and like some, some hero ball, like prime Johnny Manziel stuff in that game on Saturday against the Bruins. Like could Caleb Williams tear, like just drag the Trojans to that? Maybe I guess he could, uh, but I'm I'm gonna just stick to how I. This is a this is my gut. This is what I've been feeling for weeks, and the fact that we're getting points makes it even better. So UCLA plus two and a half at home against the Trojans. I can't wait. That game's gonna be awesome to watch, um, and we're gonna just like I said, stick with the vibe we've been feeling for a while. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. I think uh, LA is gonna be jumping on Saturday night. Um, And if you look at it, Arizona gave USC a run for their money, too. It came down to the the final minute in that fourth quarter. They had to convert a a fourth and short there to put that game on ice. So um, it's not like Arizona really was a laydown opponent for USC at all. So I I think that these two teams will match up pretty well, and it's going to be a fun one. I I like UCLA as well. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, uh, you got one more college game on the card, and then we can – uh start talking about some pro games what do you got yeah so this is kind of a fun one i never thought i would uh pick especially not on this kind of platform between these two teams but i'm gonna go with the yukon huskies um they're getting 10 and a half against army i mean come on man what that, that line stinks 10 and a half army's three and six UConn's rolling. I think they're five and one in their last six. They got housed by uh, NC State and uh, Michigan, but of course, yeah, 
they've been rolling ever since. It's not like Army's any tough opponent. It's at Army, but 10 with the hook. Give it all day long. I love it. We have gone full Bud Elliott. Someone play sicko mode by Travis Scott. We are we are bouncing in the house. Like is, is that so that is that game in uh is that army or is it in that army? Damn. Yeah. I've wanted to make a so the like the nickname for where UConn plays is the rent and uh and uh the joke last week was like Liberty went. They had to go pay the rent, and they they didn't. They couldn't afford it, so they got evicted. When UConn beat them last week, Mac took Liberty and laid the points, and UConn won outright. Mac Fulton, yeah. how do you feel? Uh, Jim Moore, we're we're taking ten in the hook with Jim Moore Jr. Tanner, you savage. When I saw that, I, like I told you earlier, I was going to go three NFL and three college, but when I saw that, man, come on. That's like that, playoff line. That is. Like, that's the juice. Of course, that'll be the one that doesn't hit, but I love it. You'll go five and one, and that's the one. Army's going to kill him. What's the yeah. – oh, I don't know if you're on uh, like FD or DK or something, but I wonder what the over-under is because that under that line might – that under might be nice. Yeah, I'm not sure. I should have checked that out. Service Academy unders, baby. I cannot wait to officially put the under in the Army-Navy game in two weeks on the card. Cash it right now. Yeah, we're just going to – we're going to light – we're going to we're gonna get we're gonna, we're gonna get Christmas gifts for our significant others on the Army-Navy under, Army under. Tanner? Oh, ten and a half with UConn. I'm so proud of you. you Never like – that? that's my favorite one. We can end the show off that. We just took the Yukon Huskies in football. Plus ten and a half. Okay. I need to catch my breath. So far on the cards, I have uh Georgia and Kentucky under 49 and a half. Ten uh, I have the Vols laying 21 and a half against South Carolina and UCLA plus two and a half. Mac has Kansas plus nine and a half. Uh UNC Georgia Tech over. 62 and a half and TCU Baylor over 57 and a half. And Tanner has four college plays TCU minus two and a half Kansas plus nine and a half with uh, Michigan minus 17 and a half and Yukon, the goddamn Huskies fighting Jim Moore juniors. Let's go plus 10 and a half against, I don't know though. You're taking you. Here's where you might get bit, man. You're going against a man, America. You're going against our, the men, you are betting against the men and women of our of our armed forces. It is a tough look, but man, those Huskies—they're going bold. They are. This would lock it up. Apparently, there's a weird way that, like, if a bunch of teams go six and six, they wouldn't make the cut if someone didn't make the cut. But get to seven and five. Oh, let, let's get it. I'd take them outright. Oh man, I bet that money line's nice too. Some sprinkles, a little sprinkle action, a little salt bay. Yeah. All right, NFL time. Let's get it rolling. Here's the sicko mode NFL play of the week. Mac Fulton is going to New Orleans. He's he's flashing for some beads at Mardi Gras, and he says, "Are the Ram-? he said the L.A. Rams might be the poo poo platter, but I will. But he is going to ride the fade the Dennis Allen train." And he's taking the Rams plus four and a half against the Saints. Mac Fulton, I'm praying for you. Man, that's a bold pick there. I wouldn't even touch that game. I've said this for like the last month. Any time you bet a Rams game, like you should go to Gamblers Anonymous. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this. I've I've lived on the Bay Dennis Allen mantra this year, and it's paid off more times than not. I should have this week. I heard a great stat like when it was the Steelers come going to uh, against play the Saints, like something about uh, Tomlin after a bye has covered 83% of the time. But I heard it like a day after the show. If I would have heard that on Wednesday and then I did the show last Thursday, the the Steelers would have absolutely made the show. Right. But they didn't. And I was pissed. They made the live show on Sunday, but regardless. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Mac with his sicko mode play of the week. Rams at Saints. He is saying he is taking 
uh, Captain Waldrip or whatever his name is, and the points. No Cooper, <laughs> no Cooper Cup. Ballsy. It's the Saints, though. They're bad. Gay Rob coming out party? Maybe. Someone, right? Someone has to do something. Maybe. What about Tutu Atwell? I don't know, man. Cam Akers, is he still on the active roster? Um, I think he got some touches last. Yeah. Notre Dame. Okay. Huh? Kid from Notre Dame, the running back. Got a couple touches. Too. Oh, Kyron Williams? Williams, yeah. Good on him. All right, let's – I got one here. So I've got three NFL ones, but I'm, I'm stuck on the third because Loki – I told Mac this. One of them he took that I wanted, and I took I, I took it off the card when he told me he wanted it. Not because I'm fading Mac, because Mac had a good week last week, but I don't want to let a certain person ruin my weekend, so we're going to stay away, um, which some of my stayaways have paid off. But this one I feel good about. Uh, we stayed away smartly last week. Vindication was the theme of the week. Because not only did we go four and two, but we stayed away from certain games, and we felt vindicated that we did. Um, we thought about doing some stuff with the Eagles, like we wanted to lay the first half number. It was only like five or six. We wanted to do some stuff like that. We didn't. Smart vindication. Yes. The big, the biggest one of the week was I. I really wanted to fade the Colts with Jeff Saturday, but they were playing the Raiders, so it made it hard. And we were vindicated because the Raiders are trash. Uh oh, we lost Tanner. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles are going to Indianapolis. Now, yes, I know. The 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 um hold on one second, let's try to get Tanner back. <laughs> Hopefully he's alive. Did Tanner die? Did his phone die? That'd be weird. Uh I know this the Colts are gonna be riding, you know, Space Mountain to get, you know, with with what they've had. The Eagles, let's see, Tanner came back. I don't see him. There he is. Hello. I no idea what happened. <laughs> He's alive. Okay. So, um, you good there, bud? I was yeah, like, did you, just get, did you just no, get napalm? Like, I think I hit the volume, and then it just exited. Well, here we are. Uh, okay, Sorry, so yeah. anyway, I was saying, uh, you know, we were vindicated on the Raiders because the Raider we wanted to take the Raiders, but it was like so many points, like, yeah, we'll stay away. But then like when I did the show, like after the show, I hear two people that I listen to a lot, like Nick Wright and Bill Simmons, talk about how they faded the Colts because it was a bet against the Colts. I was like, shit, we missed out. But then they won. I was like, thank God. Vindication. By the way, shout out to Blake. Blake Saturday, when we were here, all drinking and partying and watching the fights, he was like, I don't know, man, watch the Colts. He felt it. Vibes. I was like, all right, good luck. And hey, good on him. But we're going to – the vibes die this week, Tanner. It is the Eagles bounce back. It is a gross number on the road. But we are laying six and a half. The line has moved so much in our favor. It was nine and a half Sunday. Yeah. Monday Monday morning, even after the Colts won, it was like eight. And then Tuesday it was six and a half. And it's like, yes, sir, we're rolling. Six and a half on the road. I get it. But – the Eagles are going to be do a bounce back game. The only thing I feel bad about is with no Jordan Davis, they've struggled against the run. It's the the one thing I will give Jeff Saturday credit. He went in there and realized, hey, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's the better quarterback, and why aren't we giving the ball to the to that dude who won the rushing title by a landslide last year? So Jeff Saturday, smart guy, uh, 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 apparently. That's the only thing that worries me. But I don't think the Colts defense has enough to to stop Philly. Philly's gonna not I Philly, I know we've talked about some of their metrics weren't sustainable, but they're not gonna only have the ball for 20 minutes again. They're they're gonna they're not gonna lose the turnover battle three-nothing like like they did against the against Washington. I think they get back into a groove to prove a point. We'll lay the six and a half, feel good about it. Eagles win and comfortably. Yeah, like that. I think uh, it's not time to write Philly off yet by any means. And I mean, and you got to look at, at this perspective too. 
Las Vegas is an absolute shit show. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from them every week. They put Hunter Renfro on IR. They put uh, Darren Waller on IR. They got rid of Abraham. So, I mean, that that place is just an absolute mess. And I think Jeff Jeff Saturday came in and he, he tweeted it out a week before the game that Raiders looked like trash. So, he, he almost called his shot there. Um, Frank Reich knew, or uh, Ursay knew. He's like this guy. I need him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, I think that the Colts that, that might have been a one-off last week. Timeout. Did look healthy. You you know what galaxy brain moment I just had? What, bro? Ursay, obviously the owner of the Colts. Ballard, that's GM. I think Ballard's going to get tossed like into the trash. Ballard's a dope. People keep defending him. He sucks at his job. But Ursay will, is a, vindic- a vindictive man. Remember who left the Colts at the altar three years ago, four years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. Josh McDaniels. And the game that might have just got Josh McDaniels fired? Yeah. I just thought of that. Oh, my yeah, God. <laughs> the brakes off of them. Hell, Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Coach. I can't believe I just yeah, for like a week. <laughs> I can't believe I just thought of that. Oh yeah, that's wild. Why did no one mention that all weekend? Oh, that's hilarious. That's so full circle. That's my heart just grew ten times. Okay, what do you <laughs> they calculated that for sure? They had to, like, hey, this is for my guy. Saturday went into there. He was like, he's like, most of y'all are still in here from the last four years. That coach on that sideline, he said he didn't want to be with y'all. Let's fuck him up. Yeah. And then they did. Yeah. Hilarious. All right. Your turn. What do you <laughs> I can't believe I just thought of that. All right. What do you got? What do you got? Um, so my first NFL one, I'm going to take the Cowboys minus one and a half at Minnesota. Oh, uh, these it's a bar teams, fight. These guys played the polar opposite roles last week. I mean, Minnesota has the fourth quarter comeback. Dallas has the fourth quarter collapse. Both games go to overtime. One team wins. The other team loses. Um, I think that Minnesota's just played in too many of these games this year, and they've gotten away with it all year pretty much outside of the Philadelphia game. And, I think that uh, maybe it catches up to him this week and Dallas comes in there with a, a bounce back win. I mean, Dallas has just always struggled, I think, against Green Bay for whatever reason. Aaron Rodgers has kind of had their number. So uh, I think they'll go into Minnesota this weekend looking for a, a little revenge against the NFC North. God damn it. You don't like it? Yeah, no, because Mac and I both have the Vikings. Shit. That's fine. So, okay, here's my I man, you made so many good points. Fuck. Okay, let me let me uh <laughs> that's good. Let me have my I guess the counter to where I I don't know what Max's exact reasoning is, but Mac and I both have Minnesota plus one and a half. I guess the reason that I am feeling that I think Minnesota in the points is probably the right side. Just this is like a base do the numbers thing. And at the beginning of the year, I really wasn't like that. But as the season has gone on, I've kind of tried. The thing I've been trying to learn more and more as I get better at this, you know what I mean, Um, which I feel like I have compared to where I was at at the beginning of the year. I kind of understand, especially the NFL game, because college, college gate, like the spreads are just so ridiculous. It's hard to you really have to be like, okay, what do I love the most just off of a vibe slash a matchups type thing in the NFL? A lot of it is you got to play the numbers. And the reason my biggest thing with Minnesota, because you make a great point, they're winning all these close games. It's not sustainable. It is just not sustainable. No, you're going to get one of these times. Like, look at, again, we just talked about, but look at the Raiders last year. They they won seven and one in games decided by a score or less. This year, all their losses are by a score. Like, I said that in the over-unders pot at the beginning of the year. Like, Cincinnati and Oakland, I, I hit their under both off of, like, numerical regression. You know, that shit's not sustainable. Look how many one-score games the Bengals won last year. Yeah. That's just stuff. It's stuff that is not – it's not sustainable. So I am with you on that. Um, two weeks in a row for Minnesota. They, sh- they should have lost to Washington, and they probably should have lost to Buffalo too, but they just pulled something out of their ass, and 
And good that, teams do do that. They find a way, and you know, a lot of great teams win a lot of close ball games. But eventually, you're you're just gonna get got. We've seen it happen to Buffalo this year. We we seen it happen to Philly finally. So mm-hmm. eventually, you're gonna get got. I think. And Philadelphia's was more like the turnover thing. The one yeah. wildest stat, because even Danny said this to me. Like a couple weeks ago, we were watching the Eagles. He was like, so the fact that they get a lot of turnovers is a bad thing. Like, it's not just that. It's like their turnover margin. Because a lot when you really break it down, turnovers are a luck-based thing mm-hmm. with certain stuff, especially if, you're, if your margin is ridiculous. And the Vikings do fall into that category. I'm still going to be – I still feel good about this. I, I, I think you're on – like, if your points, I, I understand why you are taking the Cowboys minus the points here. Um, and I think it's a smart side. I think the Viking side, the reason I was saying is I'm playing the number. I feel like both teams are equal. So when you think of that, the home team should be favored by three if both teams are equal mm-hmm. or two and a half. I just think the fact that the Vikings are one and a half point dogs at home. So what would the Vite would the would they be five and a half point dogs in Dallas? I don't right. think so. That'd be way too many points, even if it was in Dallas. So I'm playing the number. So I think both of us can make good arguments here of we're taking you're, you're taking the Cowboys because you feel like the Vikings have kind of tightrope the last couple weeks. Now, I will say the, the the Washington game had some weird stuff happen. I mean, Washington was supposed to get the back, ball back with what, two minutes left, but they committed a t- dumbass penalty oh, where yes. Minnesota was then able to just melt the last two minutes off and win at the gun. Right. Now, we'll say this, even though they came back from a crazy deficit, that was some they showed some dog last week in that win. Like that took some nuts to to to, to pull that off because Kirk made some some throws on that last drive, Jefferson made some plays. It shouldn't have even got to the point with the needing the Josh Allen fumble because Dalvin Cook had a touchdown that he had hit him right in the face when mm-hmm. they uh, on the first fourth down that got extended because of an offsides, and then they were able to win an OT. But I I do get what you're saying. Uh. So, yeah, the Vikings play for me is strictly numbers-based more than anything. But it's going to be fun. We both got some juice in it. Yeah, I, I love like it. That. I all, can see, I can see that side of it, too, for sure. I mean, taking the points at home, uh, a team that's hot right now, and you got to think that place is going to be jumping on Sunday. They have been – and they've been jolted back into the one-seat conversation. My, yeah. I think my over is going to cash if they win this week. I put them – they were like the team I felt frisky mo- the most about in my over, in the un- over-unders pod was Minnesota over eight and a half, and I picked them to be the one-seed. And they're there right now, and I feel good about it. Um, okay, uh, let's go to Mac's third NFL game, and I wanted this, but I took off of it because – not because Mac picked it, but I don't want to let Zach Wilson ruin my Sunday. It's the Jets plus three and a half. I can't, I just can't, man. Yeah. Like I wanted to, but and it's again, it's not because Mac picked it. And I think Mac, this is the right side. If you're gonna bet this game, bet the Jets. Don't trust Mac Jones to lay points. The only way the Jets don't lay don't cover, I think, is if Zach Wilson goose it up. And a couple weeks ago when these two teams played. He goofed it up. Now, he played really well. The numbers won't show it, but again, you got to watch more than box score in these games. Um, Wilson's box scores aren't pretty, but he was pretty good against Buffalo with his command, with how he was able to control the game in a weird game that they were able to come back and win. Um, And in this game, I feel like for Mac. This is why I was going to take it. Like, it's the right side just because I think you're getting more than a field goal. Like, that half point, right? That half mm-hmm. point is going to be the biggest key. Uh, what is your what is your take on Jets-Patriots? Uh, unless that's – you have that as well, unless you're fading it. <laughs> I looked at this one. I just can't – I can't trust Zach Wilson yet. I think it's a game that the Jets should win. Um, but this is also one of those that kind of goes right into Bill Belichick's wheelhouse where – his defense is going to come out and and force Zach Wilson to beat them. And Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of things, I think that the Patriots, they're going to have a tough time. That Jets defense is no joke for sure, but I think Mm -hmm. they could do just enough. It's in Foxborough, right? I think they can Mm -hmm. do just at home to to get in in this one. So it's, it's almost perfect. If it was three, it'd be perfectly priced. Yeah, the three and the three and a half is why you would want to take the Jets. I don't think you lay three and a half with New England. 
I do believe, like, here's the thing. In that first game, a couple big swings. Jets are up by a score. Mac Jones throws a horrible pick six to Sauce Gardner, but it gets called off the board because of a defensive penalty, which wasn't a good call. But that swung the game. Instead of, I think it would have been 17-6, to six, it stayed 10-6 to six going into the half, and then Zach Wilson shit himself. He was awful in the second half. Had two horrendous picks, um, and it killed them. I, I know Belichick is coming off a bye, but here's the thing I like about the Jets. They're coming off the bye, too, especially when yeah. you consider their last game was the big Bills win. So it's like they, they don't come into a game week riding the Bills high. I think Sala and those guys have turned a massive corner to where that is going to be dead and buried behind them now for this game. So I do think that kind of evens it out. All right, what's your last NFL play? And then you're going to help me pick this last NFL one because there's a couple I want, but the damn half point is killing me on some of them. Um, and we'll see what, what's your last one here? Uh, the last one I got is the chiefs minus the five and a half. Okay. Against, uh, LA. So um, this was on my card, but it, at, on, on Monday, when I was putting my pre card together before the week, the lines obviously change here and there throughout the week. Mm-hmm. The line moved a point and a half in the wrong direction. <laughs> It was Chargers minus or Chargers plus seven. And I was like, let's get it. And it moved to five yeah. and a half. Yeah, so I wanted that. I wanted it. But now that it's not there anymore, tough, big right. tough. Yeah. So ch- five, laying the five and a half though with Kansas City, that's what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think the Chargers, they've, they've found a way to, to hang around this year. They've, been pretty much decimated on offense. I mean, they've still gotten production from uh, from the running back position with Eckler, and of course Herbert's been Herbert, but they just they're missing so many guys. It's hard for me to to see this Chiefs team come in here that's just so deep and can throw so many things at you. I just see them coming in and easily winning by a touchdown. Yeah, if there was a side I was gonna let go with. I'd almost bite the bullet and just say, screw it and take the five and a half. If this line, I don't know if this line moved this way because they think that Allen and Williams could play. That would make me, if Allen and Williams are guaranteed to be in the lineup, mm-hmm. then and we know that by the weekend, you might hear me on the Sunday live show when we're not defending our take on why we drafted pumpkin pie in the second round of the, this week, this week is the, uh, Thanksgiving dishes draft with all the guys and we've been going at it. Um, So um, outside of that, if you might hear me Sunday, put the chargers in here, if it's still at a nice number, uh, like above five ish uh, or who knows, maybe it can get bet back to six. uh, You might hear the chargers in the in the lineup on Sunday. If Williams and Allen are in the lineup, but as of right now, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. And maybe it's the only thing I can think of that people are confident, you know, that the line moved that right. Like there's no other reason in my mind why it would move that way, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to guess. We don't know. Uh, Keenan Allen's been day to day and questionable for a month, for for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me, he hasn't been spectacular. No, he, he just hasn't had the chance to get into a groove. No. He's been, yeah, that hamstrings are no joke. It's why I'm glad Ohio State hasn't tried to put Jackson Smith and Jigba out there. Yeah. Let him just kind of sit. They've already, they got enough dudes. All right. So obviously we talked about the Jets. We obviously talked about the, I wanted the Chargers plus the points, but that kind of got taken away from me. Shout out to whoever bet the shit out of the Chargers plus seven, Um, which, hey, good on you. You're smart. Um, do we just tail Tanner's UConn pick? I don't know. So here's where I've been at. Um, so Washington winning Monday helped me in two. Helped me in a way because it got the Eagles line down to my under seven. So I'm I love that. But I also at before the game Monday, Washington was only laying two in Houston, and that was going to be nice. But now it's three and a half. So that's a lot, right? Even uh, though Houston's toast, or would that be? What do you think? No, I mean, I that was another one I looked at and with three in the hook. I mean, maybe if it was three and you play for the wash, but 
I don't know, man. The three and a half is just Washington. They've looked good the last four weeks, but mm-hmm. you still don't know. I mean, they're still playing with a backup quarterback at the end of the day. Would you go back to to Wentz? I personally no. I don't know Even, how the locker room would feel about it. I feel like they're they're kind of in on Heineke at this point. I think they rally behind the dude. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I think he brings enough to to make them dangerous, but yeah. He's an obviously he doesn't, not a franchise quarterback. No, he's a high-end backup, though. Yeah, for sure. He's a high-end backup. I love uh, Yeah. Um, Raiders, Broncos, if you bet that game, this is the honorary, if you bet that game, you you need to go to Gamblers Anonymous meetings game. Don't bet the Raiders, Broncos game. If you do, you're disgusting. Yeah, don't even watch it. <laughs> um, let's see here. Lions, Giants, I think that's perfectly priced at three. Uh, I wanted to take the Bills, Browns over, even though it might be in a snowstorm. It's only 41 and a half. It's a ballsy. Yeah, it moved like six points, I think. Because, yeah, they're going to, it's like all week. There's like a lake storm front, whatever those are called. Yeah. yeah Warning. Like yeah, lake effect. It's bad. Yeah. Oh man, forty-one and a half. I kind of like the under in that one. Even the under, still, yeah, because I mean, like twenty to seventeen gets you the under, yeah. so that's tough. And yeah, if, that if it is, if it does actually snow, that oh, that under will cash. That would be one I'd probably throw on a teaser. Yeah, I'd throw the the tease it up seven points or so. You can tease the game total seven points too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Damn, yeah, because you'd get it all the way up to like 48. Yeah, 40, yeah that definitely should hit if it's those. Um here's the one. There's then there's two there's one. This is like the last one because this moved. It was at four and a half. It's down to three and a half. Bengals at Pittsburgh. But I don't like do they do the Bengals deserve my do the do the Bengals deserve a spot on the list, even though it's three and a half? So so with I'm Watt back. Yeah, and that makes a huge difference, too. I mean, the Steelers are a different team with that guy. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, still no Jamar Chase, right? Correct. They oh, looked man. like I get it. They played the Panthers, and then they had a bye. They played Cleveland in Cleveland, and they got killed. People just forget that. People yeah. want to rank them like one of the five best teams in the league. I do. I don't know, man. Like, I want to believe in them, but we need to pump the brakes. Here's the yeah. one where I think we might hit. I wish this got up to three and a half, but it's at three. Ten in a row. Are we taking the points with the Bears on the road in Atlanta? I like it. Okay. Give me your pitch. Pitch it to me, and we'll see if it lands. They continue to put up 30 points a game. I think that the three would be a beautiful number to take. Uh, this Atlanta offense isn't super high powered. If you can hold a team to just, I know it sounds like a lot with this defense, but if you could hold a team to just three touchdowns, I feel like that could be a layup with this offense, the way they've been rolling. You go into a dome, you got no conditions to worry about. Um, I think that they're, they are due for one, right? Like to win? Yeah. Yeah. But let's be real. I know we talk about wins and losses not matter, and I said this the other day. I don't think they got screwed, but they had 11 points kind of ripped away. They, had, mm-hmm. they would have scored a touchdown on the first drive. They would have had first and goal at the four, but they had a horrendous holding call. I was watching the all 22. Like I got to, I watched every play of the Bears offense on the all 22. That holding penalty they called in the first drive. Where like it's so bad, you know, and they had to they got behind the sticks and they had to kick a field goal. And I do think this if they if the if they don't call that play where Sanborn gets the pick, they probably win like 27 to 17 or 31 something like they they win by two scores, right? Because they would have probably went down and at least got three more. And then from there, the game's over from there. It's the fourth quarter and the Lions are just chasing and. The only way the Lions come back is if it's an onside kick situation. Yeah. So 
pick or turnover, but yeah, I think uh, I don't. I still don't love this Atlanta team. I think Cordero Patterson might be banged up a little bit. He didn't really do anything in that Thursday night game at Carolina. I know the weather was awful, but um, Carolina had no issue running the football in that game. So I just think that, and I know this. Atlanta team can throw a lot at you. I think they are going to have probably a, a solid day on the ground. Uh, I'm not necessarily terrified of Marcus Mariota throwing the football. Could be his last start. Yeah, and that too. If the Bears, if the Bears win this game and they make Atlanta look like if the Bears jump out early, and then it, like the Bears can get out to a ten nothing lead, and then Atlanta's got to can't run just run the ball. Um. They're gonna have to throw, and they don't look good. Desmond Ritter will be the starting quarterback by the by next week. And that he would, just will be. That would be something too to keep an eye on if they were to make a, a decision like that mid-game. Um, you know how tough that is for NFL defenses when they get a new quarterback in the game. Usually, those guys thrive with mm-hmm. no preparation. So, yeah, weirdly enough. That would be kind of the ultimate swerve. Ritter comes in kind of how like Foles came in when they were down <laughs> a couple of years right. ago. That'd be that'd be a shitty way to lose this bet. But screw it, we're doing it. Bears plus three. I like that. Um, hopefully that line can move in our favor, but I doubt it. Who cares? I'm feeling good. We're locking that in at three. Um, like we've said, score 30 points and lose every game, but I just think eventually they're going to win a, a couple of these ones. Yeah, I still think so. I still feel good about the under six and a half that I had at the beginning of the year, but I think they can get to five. They can probably get to five or six. They'll get they'll get Detroit when they play them again. They're going to beat Green Bay, I think. I don't uh, think Green Bay's back. Huh? We'll see. I, I unless I believe it, it when I see it. That is true. It is why I'm a little nervous to put anything on tomorrow, though we don't normally put anything on the Thursday um, game. Real quick before we get out of here, do you have a feel for that? It's Packers minus three. That's the right side if, like, like, Watson is – like, Watson could be legit, and I felt that all year. Like, he could be. Um, Maybe they turned a corner, but I don't know. Could Tennessee's defense is really good, and if Tannehill does play – and they get Henry going, that that's a nasty, nasty like it's a bad matchup for Green Bay. So yeah. like we're Sunday was rainbows and blossoms, but by the end of the night tomorrow, they could it could be twenty to twenty to ten Tennessee, and Henry has a buck ninety, and we're just like, well, shit, that was fun while it lasted, and the Packers are four and seven. Yeah, I've been torn on this one all week. Um... I want to lean the Packers, but I, I've been kind of burned by that a few times this year. And this Tennessee team, I mean, every time they go into a game like this, nobody gives them a shot. Even the Kansas City game, they could have won that game. Um, yeah. And they go into Green Bay now. I'm sure the the public's going to be in favor of the Packers on this one, I would think. And this is the type of game where Vrabel and his guys go in there. They punch you in the mouth for four quarters and – it's a Packers run defense that we've seen get exposed in the past. Um, but, and, and uh, this Titans defense, I mean, they can cover they're nasty up front. They're uh, disgusting. If they, if they can limit the Packers, the only thing that, the, that scares me with this Tennessee team is what they can bring on the offensive side of, of the football. I don't know if they can put up enough points, but if you get into a dog fight with them nine times out of 10, you're probably going to walk out of there pretty wounded. Yeah, if it'll be big if if can Tennessee make Green Bay chase. Dallas yeah. did, but Dallas made backbreaking mistakes. Tennessee won't make those backbreaking mistakes that Green Bay did. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think they're so well coached. I mean, they don't have a bunch of of guys that you recognize on their roster, but they just go out there every week and fight. But I think if if I had to pick a side on this one, I I, I got to go with the Packers at home with the 3. Yeah. All right, man. We did good. We did great, I think. Um, so, real quick to recap, Tanner's lines, TCU minus 2.5, Kansas plus 9.5, Michigan minus 17.5, UConn plus 10.5, the greatest. That's just the greatest pick. And then it. Cowboys minus 1.5, Chiefs minus 5.5, Mac, uh, two overs, UNC and Georgia Tech over 62.5. 
TCU and Baylor uh, over 57 and a half. Then Kansas with uh, in agreement with Tanner plus nine and a half. Rams plus four and a half. Jets plus three and a half. Vikings plus one and a half. And for me, Kentucky and Georgia under 49 and a half. Then the Vols, we're laying them, baby. 20, minus 21 and a half. UCLA plus two and a half in the battle for LA. And then the NFL, Eagles minus six and a half. Vikings plus one and a half. Sorry, Tanner. And the Bears plus three in collaboration. Bear down. Bear fucking down. Let's go. Mr. Rowe, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know, my friend. Hey, if Can I we- go one and five this week and that UConn's the only hit, I'll take it. It'd be exactly. It'll be. It'll just be glorious. All right. That's Tanner Rowe. Yeah, that's Tanner Rowe. Thank you for all who watched on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. We love you all. Uh, this has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. As always, if you don't got your game, this is Tanner Roseline, by the way. If you ain't got your game, you best uh, pass the sticks. Yes, we will see you next time. Until then, we're out. See you guys Sunday. Yeah, we'll see you Sunday. Peace. Thanks, man.